Put a mirror in the nigga face and he'll run. Tell him that you love him, he may pull out his gun. Look just like me, even down to the walk. Notice the difference probably soon as we talk. I do not politic with the fools. Counterfeit systems, I'm more than kind of been in the rules. Donovan Mitchell, I'm definitely finna talk all this jazz. Constantly victim, I'm more than kind of hip to the blues. That's why I could give a shit about the news. Excel despite we consciously victim. These niggas like to strip us of truth. Large contradictions, I'm 6'5, trying to fit in the coupe. Large contributions to culture, and somewhere someone sitting in cubes didn't approve. No ice cubes in my reasoning, you should know that. Watch the chicken before you season it, you should know that that's a metaphor, my nigga. Please don't get caught off the Prozac out here nodding off. I'm out here getting to these visions I was plotting on. I window shopped it, then I copped it, now I got it on. And I know everything that came before that dotted line these days. Held the mirror to my face. Who you think you talking to, huh? I didn't run away, I ran in place. Yeah, he didn't run away, he ran in place. Put a mirror in a nigga face and hit wow. one. Tell him that you love him, he gon' pull out his gun. Look just like me, even down to the walk. What is Notice good, everybody? Happy Friday, or whatever particular day that you are listening to this, but I record this today, Friday, November 12th. 2021. I thank everybody for listening to my podcast episodes. This is episode 33, and I wanted to make this very special because the number 33 is also very special. You know, dealing with the 33 vertebrae in your spinal cord, also representing um, Jacob's ladder, also representing <laughs> Jesus, who died at the age of 33 and also ascended into heaven. When you look at the Jewish mythology or the Christian mythology or the Gnostic mythology, um, died at the age of 33, resurrected after three days, um, ascended into heaven. All of that is just a representative, uh, it's a representation of what goes within as without, as above, so below. But I don't mean to <laughs> give you a sermon on that, but I wanted to make a special episode concerning. Uh, episode 33 of this podcast um, I thank everybody for listening to all my podcasts From episode 1 to episode 32 If you haven't listened to episode 32 um, I highly recommend that you listen to it um, In that particular episode We talk about a lot of things concerning uh, Liking someone versus finding them attractive And I think we hit on a lot of great points And a lot of people in my comments Or in my DMs were telling me how um, It was very touching very moving they learned a lot uh, a great reminder for some of the young men around my age and younger so you know i appreciate all the love and support when it comes to these podcast episodes but getting to the basis of this podcast episode if you don't see by the bio description and by the title i labeled this black means to suffer now, why did I name it Black Means to Suffer? I had an idea to do this podcast episode like a month ago. And this was around, and I, and I forgot what really particularly inspired this, but over the whole scenario, you know, just began reflecting and reminiscing upon everything from 2020 back in the summer with George Floyd all the way up until now you know and 
seeing all the stuff that black people have began to label themselves and, and the things that they'll say and put behind their names, it it doesn't make sense to me because you have in one breath where black people call themselves um, the trendsetters and you know they built civilizations and they created science and mathematics and alchemy and literature and we were the first ones to civilize other nations of people and, and to civilize Caucasians and you know we're the ones that are mainly responsible for all the things that are technical um, and luxurious in this world all the resources that are used to create everything in this world come from our lands you know but on the other end you have black people saying that they're the most disrespected the most unprotected the most neglected the most targeted the most endangered the most undervalued you know etc etc and when you have women out here saying that they're the most disrespected and unprotected and you have men out here saying that they're the most targeted and the most undervalued you know and it gets to this point where you have men and women within the black race that are complaining and trying to compete with who is being the most disrespected and neglected and the most undervalued when both of y'all are being undervalued <laughs> in the eyes of others if we're going by your argument nonetheless you have a lot of uh, black people out here who love to go by this inferior narrative that someday we're going to overcome or we're the minority or you know we're the inferior while we call the people who are our opponents the superior you know and while this all goes on you have a lot of black people that feel like that they need to love their way through forgive and forget they need to unify and come together but meanwhile while they're unifying and trying to come together they haven't even exceeded in integration much less assimilation because the whole definition behind integration would have to imply that you live in another man's system or or that you are included into another man's society and that you get the equal amounts of benefits as that other person but as we see according to uh, history, that's not the case or the scenario <laughs> at hand. Nonetheless, I have evolved and moved on from the concept of trying to unify black people. I have moved on from trying to hold a certain nation of people or a system responsible for the history and the nature of who and what they are. I have moved on from black power and all this other type of stuff. And that, that doesn't mean, and I mean, let me emphasize this, that does not mean that I'm not for black unity, I'm not for black uh, unification, that doesn't mean that I'm not for black love, that doesn't mean that I'm not for black people coming together, having a good time, or building However, I have understood that the masses of black people cannot and will not be saved. That the masses of black people are included along the lines of the masses of this world. And you cannot save those who are not meant to be saved. A lot of black people, along with a lot of people in society, are brain dead. Brain dead. And if they are the walking dead, if they are the happy dead, 
then you let the dead bury the dead. You don't concern yourself with trying to talk, trying to wake up the dead, because they are dead for a reason. If someone meant to wake up, let that time come. You know, you spread your message, you say what you have to say, you dust the feet off your shoes, and you keep it moving. You don't cast your pearls to swine. You know, you separate the tares from the wheat. You you align yourself along with people who are like-minded, and you keep it moving. You be you, but, you know, don't go out of your way to be out here judging people because they don't know the way. Because they're not on your frequency. Let your light so shine that men may see your good works and worship the Father that is in heaven. A lot of people would take this literal you know, a lot of religious people, and they will say that, oh, this means that you're supposed to glorify a particular deity. But that's not what it's referring to at all. When it says, let your light so shine, it's talking about the light that is within you. You are a light barrier, right? You are Lucifer. And you being the light barrier, you are supposed to let your light so shine. That could emphasize your persona, your personality, your knowledge, your information that you, that you can pass down. All that good stuff. Passing on a word to somebody, enlightening them. And once you let your light so shine, and you walk your walk, and you talk your talk, and you become the demonstrator where you set the example. Once people see how you walk, and see how you talk, and see how you carry yourself, and you pass on that message of the kingdom of God being at hand, which is knowledge itself. The kingdom of God is, is just... It's, it's, the emphasize, it's the emphasis of... God being within you because if you study the Bible you understand that the temple of God is your body your body is the temple of God and God dwells within you and if the kingdom of God is within you then all this emphasizing is that the supreme essence the supreme consciousness of this world dwells within you from top to bottom and God is seated in the mind that's why your your brain your head for the most part is called the temple and your, your place, the, the head, is also called the holies of holies, the most holies of holies. So once you get into an, an understanding of all this type of information, um, you know, because a lot of us are very familiar with Christianity. So if you dissect Christianity from a Gnostic, uh, or a Gnostic, I don't know why I said Gnostic, from a Gnostic, uh, occultic, metaphysical perspective, you can really get the information and knowledge that is presented there. A lot of people get mixed up with information, with belief. You know, and I'm willing to appreciate the story of Jesus. I'm willing to appreciate the story of Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Once you understand the metaphysics and the message that's being presented metaphysically and allegorically, you're, you're willing to, um, to understand what's being presented at hand. But I know I'm rambling. <laughs> let's let's get to the, the topic at hand. Um, I say all of that to emphasize on black means to suffer, and I feel like that's what black people see themselves as as a long suffering set of people. And you even hear this with a lot of Hebrew Israelites that they are a cursed set of people. Now you cannot be a cursed set of people and then yet expect to get blessings from the Most High if you are a cursed set of people. I would never think that somebody who is considered cursed will also be getting blessings on the side as well when you are cursed that means you are cursed in everything that you do right you're cursed in the fields you're cursed going in you're cursed going out you're cursed in the mark that's what it tells you in your bible 
But a lot of people, they like to just emphasize on the one specific park in Deuteronomy chapter 28 where you would be sent over in ships. But if you are a cursed set of people, that one part just don't apply. That means you're cursed everywhere you go. You're cursed in everything that you do. You're cursed in whatever you say. You're cursed in, in how you walk and how you talk and whatever you try to maneuver in, your, in, in this world. And who wants to identify with being cursed? You know? But that's just one perception and a very uh, dogmatic perception, I may add. <laughs> but in this world, I see a lot of things in which black people like to identify themselves with the inferior um, while trying to call themselves kings and queens and gods and goddesses. They complain about things that kings and queens and gods and goddesses do not complain about or argue about. You have black women out here complaining about not finding a good man, but a queen never has an issue finding a good man. A goddess never has an issue trying to find a good man because a man is already presented in front of them by default, by the snap of a finger. That's what a goddess, that's what a queen, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the, uh, the uh, accessibility that a queen and a goddess has is that a man is right there in front of them and, and presented in front of them for them to marry, for them to mate, whatever the case or scenario may be. A god or a king does not have an issue trying to find a good man. So he's not out here talking about how these women, you can't trust these women, these women ain't ish, all this other type of stuff. And, and all this, they don't, they don't have an issue putting their seed in the wrong ground. Because a good woman is right there presented in front of them. They have the accessibility to find a goddess, to find a queen that, that can be compatible for them and for their mission. However, you have this oxymoron going on here with these conscious Negroes where they speak one way and act another. And I'm going to say that again. You have these conscious Negroes that will speak one way and then act another. They speak about being kings and queens. Their Instagram name is God like Haru <laughs> or Goddess Yameya. You know, you know, for, for the women. But, you know, God like Haru or Anubis 29. And they, they call themselves all these type of titles. Give them everything from beginning to end. Call themselves Negus and, and Negus and all this. And, and yet. With all the names that they may call themselves, Netter, Orisha, Owa, <laughs> you can call yourselves the, the most holies of holies, call yourself the most high for all I care. And you still have to concern yourself with being in this world and dwelling within this realm. And while you dwell within this realm, even if you call yourself God, you still act like man. Even though you call yourself a titan and whatever scenario may be whatever holy and divine name that you want to give yourself in the same breath you will also speak death you may speak life but you don't have any power in the way that you speak life you dwell more in death you dwell more in things that are inferior than the things that are superior instead of you you know entering into the place where you are divine you dwell in places where you are very carnal. You know, and while you over here trying to speak life and trying to act and, and walk in that, 
that that light of being in in life right speaking life and everything like that at the same time you over here talking about how you're the most neglected and disrespected and targeted you're being uh what what would these negroes be saying <laughs> that they be hunted down like dogs and and slaughtered like animals you're speaking death you out here wearing holes in your shirts and talking about black lives matter and hands up don't shoot and and all this other type of hoopla you putting more action in, in speaking death than speaking life all those protests all those are rituals and people don't know that they don't understand that the media blows up one scenario of a black man or a black woman dying and then you feel the need to use your energy and your time for a week or two blacking out your whole Instagram page talking about black lives matter all this type of stuff and you feed into that and they feed off of your energy and you go out there with your posters talking about hey hey ho ho police brutality's got to go hey hey ho ho police brutality's got to go and I lied to you not there was a chant in North Carolina of these sets of people, black men, black women, white men, white women, Asian, all these people coming together, chanting, walking down the streets during George Floyd. And, and they were singing that, hey, hey, ho, ho, police brutality's got to go. It don't do shit. But for the sheep, it makes them feel like that they did something. For them to demand that Black Lives Matter be painted across the streets, somehow that's a settled demand and that's going to change something for them to have a song listed for them for netflix <laughs> goddamn netflix and hulu and all these other type of media platforms talking about how we're going to have a black lives matter collection and, and we we uh empathize or sympathize with the black community and all this other type of stuff cuddling you like babies literally cuddling you like babies you don't even see it. They don't see you as equal. They never will because you don't even see yourself as an equal, much less seeing yourself as your own person. Because seeing yourself as an own person, seeing yourself as your own person will have to imply that you don't even want to be equal with somebody. Because to imply that you want to be equal will have to imply that you see them as superior. Malcolm X said that a, a person who wants liberation never has their enemy as the standard and I'm paraphrasing they never have their enemy for the standard of equality they're not the yardstick or the standard or the the point in which we are trying to get to we want liberation we don't want equality to say that for a black man or a black woman to say that they want equality will have to imply that they are inferior to another set of people this is why you always say that you're the first black this and you're, you're the first black that. This is to imply that you are inferior. That means you're second best. You're not the head. You're the tail. That means you're a second thought for you to imply that you are the first black this and, and all this other type of stuff. So when it comes to this scenario of when you say that you're black and you're black and you're proud, but how proud are you to be black? You know, how proud are you to be black? And with all of this, you know, coming to mind, 
I have 10 demands. <laughs> I, I call these the 10 BDs. The 10 black demands when, when it comes to black people. Because these particular scenarios, I just want to emphasize when it comes to being black and not fitting into this narrative of being uh, somebody who is suffering and somebody who is inferior and low down. If you stop feeding into into this narrative that you're, you know, at the bottom, maybe you would be treated with some respect. And one of my favorite books or my favorite book that changed my whole perspective in life was Message to the Black Man by Honorable uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, which is a great book. That's the number one book. If anybody gets into consciousness or trying to get into the occultic stuff, first, you need to know yourself. <laughs> that's that's number one. First and foremost, you need to know yourself. That's the first black demand. Know thyself, and you shall know the gods. Message of the black man will instill an identity within you for you to know yourself, to love yourself, and love what you see in the mirror. Once you know thyself, you won't have to concern with trying to get the love or validation from another set of people. And constantly, black people are trying to seek validation from another set of people. That's not how the game works. You're never going to be respected in this world trying to seek the validation and the love from another set of people, begging them for you, uh, for them to see you as equal. That that black man that, that made that song, I just want to live. Now remember that black man, the little black boy singing that song, Lord help me. And I'm singing it wrong and I'm singing it ugly because that's how ugly the goddamn song was. And if I could pull it up on my phone right now, because editing ink and putting it through my, the, the podcast would just be too much to do. But, I mean, it, it's ridiculous that they really went out of their way to make this song, you know? And and black people sharing it all, all across my feed last year. I mean, it just, I just concluded, I was just like, wow, there is just no hope for the masses of black people. You know, just, just listen to that. I don't know if y'all can hear that. So you, you hear this song, right? You you hear this song. And <laughs> I, I I just read this one comment. And this man said that uh, the, the boy name is Kidron. Uh, Kidron. And he says, Kidron is not begging. He's crying out to God. The only true help he knows. It... <laughs> Is 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 mind boggling because and I don't wanna make this a, a whole hour podcast, you know, but it's just so mind boggling how black people have been crying out to this deity God, you know, and, and calling God God even in itself is very dogmatic because God isn't a name, it's a title, um, it's a definition of the essence of a particular person or a deity or a being. God isn't a name. You know, God 
is a reference to the status that a being has. You know, <laughs> if anything, call out to Yahweh, Yah, somebody. <laughs> What's their name, not their status? You know, even in, in, even that within itself, you know, people don't even question that. But dealing with this God that black people for some reason have been calling on for over 400 years have not helped them in anything. Have not helped them in anything. Not during slavery. Not during Jim Crow. Not during the civil rights movement. None of that. Gentrification. Incarceration. None of that. The crack era. None of that. And. <laughs> with this in mind. You, you have to be aware that this God doesn't exist, right? And I, I mean this respectfully because when you look at this, God didn't help you during slavery. He didn't help you with any of the actual issues that God's chosen people that you say are suffering from. But he helped you get a job. He helped you get a car. He helped you pass school. He helped you... Find a good man, find a good woman. But he couldn't help you through Jim Crow. He couldn't help you through slavery. He couldn't help you with the actual issues at hand. He can't help help, you know, destroy this 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 system that is systematically against you. Uh, a system where you have certain disadvantages. None of that matters. But you getting a new car, that matters more to God. I saw this one tweet. And if anybody is familiar with Summer Walker's uh, album, <laughs> this, this uh, I believe a man said this, or man or woman, I think a woman said this. And she said, so God can hear Sierra's prayers, but not not the prayers of the slaves, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's crazy because um, according to Dr. Ben Yosef, Dr. Ben Yosef said in, in that lecture that when you have the slave master and the slave serving the same God, you have an oxymoron going on here. You know, there's, there's a lot of there's, there's confusion. You, you cannot have the slave and the slave master serving the same God. And I'm not referring to black people today in this day and age as slaves. All right. In the, in the reference of slave and slave master. But you have a lot of black people who will refer to themselves as the field Negro. Uh, I've seen it in, in bios, I've seen it all over the place, refers to themselves as the field Negro. So, when you deal with this whole scenario at hand, <laughs> it's ridiculous that you have black people who are calling out to this God that have not done anything for them. He woke me up this morning, he started me on my way, he put shoes on my feet, he put clothes on my back, he put food on the table. No, Negro, you did that. You put food on the table. You put clothes on your back. You woke yourself up this morning. Nobody did that but yourself. But you want to give all the praise to something outside of you. Instead of looking at the person that's within you. Everything that created this world. That same energy dwells within you as well. And you are able to do the things that you do. You're able to say the things that you can say. And you're able to cooperate yourself in this world. Because of that energy. Anyways. 
my apologies for rambling. Um, but that's number one. Number one is to know yourself. Number two, um, love being black. Right. Number two, and and I and I referred this to myself. I love being black, and I love my blackness too much to marry or be with anybody outside of my reflection. And you know, another reference to Malcolm X is that he said that a lot of black people feel like that if they crawl back on the plantation, that they will get whatever they, that needs to happen to them there, or get whatever advantages and benefits that they need to get in this world. Because he referred to how black people don't want a nation. They don't want a nation. They want to crawl back on the plantation. And black people are only looking for temporary solutions. You know, you have a lot of black people that feel like if they love their way out, if I if I marry this white woman, if I marry this black, uh, this this white man, or somebody non-black, that we can, if we mix ourselves into this world, <laughs> then somehow we can live in a better place. Um, something that Dr. Amos Wilson even touched upon was when you have black people that say, I'm for all people. You ever hear a black person say that I'm for all people? Somehow that means that he can't be for himself. It's, it's wrong for him to say that I'm for black people first. I'm race first. Everybody else is race first. You have the, the white, the Hispanic, the Asian. <laughs> you know, everybody's for themselves. But the, the Negro cannot be for himself for some reason the so-called negro but number two love being black and love your blackness enough to where you want to be with your reflection and and love your blackness enough to where you don't want to marry or be with anybody outside of your reflection number three love yourself enough right love yourself enough to not disrespect your reflection or say anything um that devalues them so for me i love myself too much to disrespect my reflection which is the black woman and say that she is not worthy of my time or energy you have a lot of black men out here especially um in what you call the manosphere or men going their own way to where they'll say that um black women aren't worthy of their presence they were not worthy of their time anymore because of all the hood boogers they ran through <laughs> Because of social media, which is an illusion. If you really study the word Medea, media, that is the goddess of illusion. You cannot go by what you see on social media and have that be the actual uh, representative or the uh, the imagery or the status for black women. Number four, uh, many of us have issues. Social media has given the illusion that someone even if they are deluded, can be a positive influence despite whatever comes out of their mouth. And this is very true because a lot of people feel like because somebody has a platform and they have hundreds of thousands of followers, that somehow they have some validity to what they say. And you see this all throughout Twitter. And I hate the way that Twitter works because somebody could just say anything and it will go viral. The, the retweets, the likes, the comments, everything. A woman can say that black men are no longer needed and that shit will skyrocket. A man can say that black women are bitches and it will skyrocket. It will skyrocket. And I hate the algorithm of, of Instagram like that. And they'll blow it up and you'll have this stupid argument, this dogmatic, childish ass argument. People point fingers at, at who's the worst. 
<laughs> you know, who's at the bottom of the barrel? Who's who's the more who's the most fucked up? And, and excuse my language. But I mean that's that's just how it is and it's it's ridiculous. Um number five and let me see if I'm getting this right. Number five is there is no point in trying to attack or debunk a model or perception that is proven to be dysfunctional or um unproductive. You must create a model that cancels out the previous model. I'm going to say that one more time because I kind of messed up a little bit. <laughs> um, there is no point in trying to attack or debunk a model or perception that is proven to be dysfunctional or unproductive. You must create a model that cancels out the previous model. And this is when you're dealing with the scenario of you have a lot of people who will say that, oh, we need to go this way or we need to go that way. Or if you have a perception in which black men, um, you have these niggas out here talking about how uh, black men aren't, uh, black women aren't needed. Yeah, some of these black women talking about how black men aren't needed. Or you might have a perception that might be religious and, you know, we need to go this way, we need to go that way. Instead of trying to debunk that perception, and I'm not saying that um, debunking perceptions aren't needed or making videos about it or talking about it isn't needed. But the best way to debunk that perception is to live out that perception, your own model. Create your own model and live that model, live out that light, bring out that light. That can cancel out the previous model. You know. Going to number six. Just because a majority or a large amount of people agree on the same terms. Of a subjective outlook on life. Does not mean that it's right. And the example that I can use here. Is argumentum ad populum. Now this is a fallacy argument. To where people will appeal to the majority. Because the majority of a set of people or the majority of women or the majority of women say this or that, that alone proves that whatever argument is being uh, displayed is right. And that is beyond true. <laughs> that is very beyond true. Because if I go into a Christian group chat or, or Christian area of, of social media, and the majority of the population of the people in there are saying that God is good, Jesus is good. Does that mean that Jesus and God is good? Does that mean that Jesus and God exist because the majority of the people in that particular area say that? No. So you cannot use the same argument when you have black women out here talking about how there's no good black men. There's, there's no good black men. There's, I can't find a good black man. I don't feel safe around black men. You, you, you can't. There's no credibility, there's no validity behind somebody saying that. When you have some of these black men out here, some of these niggas out here saying that uh, black women can't be trusted. Black women are are trashy and, and nasty and snobby, all this type of stuff. And you need to go, you know, date outside your race and you need to go overseas. If you have a, a set of men that say this, that doesn't mean that it's true. <laughs> You know, that, that doesn't mean it's true. A lot of these, these men and women are very messed up in the head. Um, and they have experienced a sort of trauma in their life that they haven't gotten over yet. You know? So never never consume yourself with the majority. Or never concern yourself with the majority. And never uh, subscribe or identify yourself with the majority. Just because a majority of, of, of a set of people, men or women 
say something and you don't agree with it up front, that doesn't make them right. You know? Going to number, I believe this is number seven. Stop playing the victim and find solutions to change your life. Stop calling yourself every derogative name in the book and expecting a different outcome. You call yourself every bad name in the book while carrying their, uh, while, oh, while wearing their hair, wearing their expensive brands and worshiping their God. Not just Jesus, but money too. And this is a fact because I've seen, and, and we just discussed this a uh, little bit in the beginning of this podcast um, of calling yourself every derogative term, the most endangered species, all this type of stuff, right? Um, and then, you know, expecting to be valued, expecting to be respected when you don't even respect yourself, when you don't even love yourself. I said in, in one YouTube video that you can't call yourself a sidewalk and not expect to get walked on. It, it's just not... <laughs> That's not how the game works. You can't call yourself a sidewalk and expect not to get walked on. It it, it doesn't. It just doesn't. It don't. It don't. That's not how. Not how it happens. <laughs> not how the game is played. If you want to be respected, you have to treat yourself with respect. You have to walk with respect. Dealing with number eight. You will never get anything in life expecting to be respected or valued in this life. This is a dog-eat-dog world. You must practice the first law of nature, self-preservation. And, you know, when when you look at this, right, and I, and I was inspired to put this down because I saw a lion, right? Um, or, no, no, rather, I saw this deer. <laughs> Let me use this example. I saw a deer, a pregnant deer, and these pack of hyenas were eating the womb of the deer. The deer was still alive. The mother deer was still alive. But it was eating the baby deer in her stomach. That was the most... I think that's probably the most brutal thing I've seen <laughs> in terms of a nature video. But these pack of hyenas is eating the baby deer out of the stomach of the ba of the mother. Then it eats the mother too. And I'm just like, yo, nature is brutal. And it had me thinking that whatever happens in life, whether you think it's fair or not, is is not up to you to decide. You know, the world is how the world is going to be. And the world has no respect as a person concerning consequences and concerning whatever happens in this world. You know, when you when you look at the things that happen in this world and you want to feel protected, you want to be respected, you you're not promised that you're never promised that. You just have to be you. You have to live your life the best way you see fit. And you have to walk your way with respect. You can't expect the whole world to value you. You can't expect the whole world to appreciate you. If you don't even appreciate yourself and walk in that same light. You know. Going to number nine. Having consistent conversations about your dysfunction on social media. For everyone to see does, does not make you look good. I'm going to say that again. Having consistent conversations about your dysfunction on social media for everyone to see does not make you look good. And I'm going to use this for an example, right? If I was a person experiencing sexual trauma, right? And I keep talking about how trashy and despicable men or, or women are because of my traumatic experience with women. You, you don't want to follow me. 
you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you don't want to see what else I have to say concerning women. If every other post that I post concerning women uh, is just trashing women because of my sexual trauma. You know, I need psychological evaluation. If I'm crying on social media every other week about something, I need to get help. You don't want to see none of that. <laughs> so in the same reference, when you have these black men and these black women arguing and complaining about their dysfunction, talking about this is uh, their dysfunction on social media every single day, every single week, you can't expect to be respected. And that's the example that you set for yourself. You know, you out here with the Crayola box edition hair and six inch nails, long ass eyelashes, talking about why you can't find a good man. You a you you a nigga over here, got all the Jordans, all the got the whole edition of Jordans, twenty Jordans stacked up, and then have the nerve to talk about how and and some some men out there are, are uh sneakerheads. I ain't got nothing against that. But you have some men out here who priorities are in the wrong place and expecting to find a woman who is in the right place, you know, is is beyond me. And I, you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I figure I see that black people are the only people who have bought into this narrative of talking about their dysfunction on social media in Openly expressing their dysfunction on social media and just being okay with that. We know something is, is messed up with a lot of black people. But talking about our dysfunction is not needed. That There's no other set of people that does this but us. And we fed into this narrative because we have fed into the subconscious narrative of being inferior. You know. Going to number 10... And this might be a little harsh, but you are not obligated to care for anybody in this world other than yourself. You're not. You're not obligated to care about anybody else in this world but yourself. The first law of nature. And if I'm not mistaken, did Thomas Jefferson say this? Um, you know, I used to know this. <laughs> but I haven't I haven't quoted this in a very long time. Um, but the first law of nature, as somebody said, is self-preservation. And you see this very prevalently in in nature. That the first law of nature is the law of nature. Okay, it wasn't. <laughs> it was Samuel Butler. I don't know where I get Thomas. Thomas Jefferson. Um, Alexander Hamilton said it as well. Okay, 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 okay. But you get the point, right? The first law of nature is self-preservation. You're not obligated to care about anybody. And this might sound a little messed up, but I mean, <laughs> somebody over here getting their head kicked in, you can whistle and mind your business. You're not obligated to care about anything that happens on in this world other than for yourself. Putting your yourself in in harm's way, then you end up getting killed because you was trying to be the good Samaritan. For what? 
I ain't saying that you can't be the good Samaritan. I ain't saying, you know, if you have some some skills or some something, you know, to back up to help somebody that you can't do that. But all I'm saying is is to have self-awareness. And when it comes when push comes to shove, you're not obligated to care about anybody else but other than yourself and those people within your inner circle. But anyways, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast episode. I know this was very long, so if you listen throughout this whole podcast episode, props to you. <laughs> props to you. Um, I had a, a whole extra 20-minute rant in the beginning of this podcast episode, uh, which, you know, it, it should have been 24 minutes, but it's 44 minutes. Uh, or 45 minutes. But thank you for listening to my podcast episode if you was willing to listen to the, my whole rant. Um, <laughs> but hopefully you got something out of this podcast episode. Um, I don't mean this out of uh, a bitter heart or whatever the case is, but I really want to put this podcast up episode out there to inform a lot of black people around my age in higher or lower. Um, but share your thoughts with me in in my DMs. Uh, I have a question and answer thing that I would like for people to reply to, and you can talk about how you feel about this whole topic at hand. Uh, but until next time, I'm Tyrone. Make sure that you follow me on all my social media platforms, which is Deomnius Rome. And I am out.